Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. Well, unfortunately for you, this is not Steve Dace. I'm sorry, Steve Dace <laughs> is out this week. But you've got us, Sarah yeah. Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell, here uh, here in Dallas. By popular demand. Yes, yes. There were like probably three whole people who were like, we really want to see Sarah and Jason <laughs> yes. again on radio together. For our three fans. Yes. Your mother, my mother, and... <laughs> My son. Uh, yeah, right. That's three right there. Not not your kids, though. No. Nah, Just mine. No. A uh, lot happened this weekend. We've got a lot to get into. Glad to be with you. Uh, I think the, the, the one thing that stuck out to me, the biggest news over the weekend, I'll see if you agree, Jason, was the, uh, the ruling on the Affordable Care Act. There was a federal court here in Texas. Go, Texas who ruled that the uh, Affordable Care Act is now unconstitutional. Yeah. That was big. That's huge. I I, I mean, there's a lot. I think it's going to take us a while to even get through this and what actually this means. But I kind of, it cracks me up, though, how the name of it, the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it kind of brings us to, and I think we have this on here, a tweet from I mean, she's she's really a uh, she really is a leader in uh, you know econo- uh, um, academic econo- minds yeah, yeah, these yeah. days. Oh yeah. Um, maybe we could just call her the professor. You know, Professor Ocasio Cortez. We should. Her friends call her Alexandria. We're gonna call her Professor. I, I actually think, would. She's, I, I'm doctor. Doctor. Doctor Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> she just knows so much about everything. Doctor. It's, it's hard to call her anything else but doctor. <laughs> Um, but this tweet, uh, just she's reminding her fellow millennials to get your act together and buy insurance before tonight's deadline. Okay, so is open enrollment a pain? She says, yeah. Um, listen, this is the best part. That's is so it- millennial. The, hold on, hold on. That's so <laughs> millennial. Is open enrollment a pain? You are on your computer typing things. These these kids are on their phones and their computers literally all day long. But open enrollment is a pain because you have to... You click okay, it. this is my first name. Yeah. This is my last name. This is the... Pl- like... No, it's it's not a pain. It's a, there's autofill. You know, it's right. like autofill fills in the entire thing already. It's but then a, and you click submit. But it should be a pain for a reasonable, logical adult. But I forgot who we're dealing with here. No, but check this out. Now this is this is a stunning. I think uh, you know uh, I don't know acceptance or something, or, or maybe she's just giving in. But is it expensive? Question mark. Yes. What the heck is the name of this thing? What is the name? What does ACA stand well, for? Well, but imagine. Assistant care? Imagine Act? how uh, expensive it would be if we didn't have the Affordable Care Act in place. That's, of course, their defense. This is, this is ridiculous. It, um, Affordable Care Act. Is it expensive? Yes. So many times, I and I am just sick of this, is that they try and blame like the, the reason for rising premiums and all this stuff. On GOP, the free market, conservative, whatever. It's the the reason why it's so expensive is because of this socialist program called Obamacare. That is the reason why it's so expensive. Right. But well, and you put you couple that with the fact that now with the the individual mandate does not exist. Right. So no one is being penalized. That was their entire premise. Was okay. We understand that you know. Um, there are issues with with what we are concocting here in this affordable care affordable care act therefore we will make sure that everyone joins we're going to to mandate that everyone joins to offset all of these other issues that you have a problem with 
And their argument, of course, was that that was going to offset the costs and everyone was going to be buying into this and that would that would settle it. But now that the individual mandate's gone, there's no I mean, literally only sick people are like, well, I want to buy into this. Those are the only people that are going to because either you're you've either got the incredibly wealthy who can afford or you've got employers who obviously, you know, sometimes can afford, but they can adjust depending on what their profits are like. So you've got incredibly wealthy, don't have a problem buying insurance. Employers are buying insurance. This is hurting the Democrats' base. Like their own plan is hurting their base because this is hurting the average American, you know, the 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 forgotten Americans who are just trying to live paycheck to paycheck. These people are being hurt by these premiums and it's because of the individual mandate and the Affordable Care Act and the way that they structured this as a tax. That's that like that is the own reason they're shooting themselves in the foot. And then trying to spin the optics to make it sound like it was the GOP who did it. So the the um, the individual mandate is really the catalyst for this entire like lawsuit yes. that this Texas judge, which just, I find just came. so interesting, <clears throat> because the individual mandate was the only reason that Obamacare was not deemed unconstitutional years ago because of Supreme Court judge activism. Yes, I'm sorry. When when Chief Justice Roberts uh, did that, he was like. Oh, yeah, well, it's just a tax. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Because it's a punishment it's a for crying out loud. Yes. It's a punishment. Yes. But a, just a guy in a black robe, a guy that's not elected at all, just decided to say, no, I'm going to interpret this as a tax mm-hmm. instead of when it's so obviously a punishment. Mm-hmm. So obviously a punishment. So now uh, we have this other judge here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are being very, very, I don't know, uh, intellectually honest. You you could call it what this is. I, I, maybe I'll just go against the grain, push back on me if you want to. Okay. Is that this is judicial activism, is what this is. This, this, this is the type of stuff that we criticize the left on, whether it's the Ninth Circuit and all that stuff. We would say, look, you're trying to change what is law right now through you know, the justice system through Mm -hmm. judicial activism. And I I would concede to that. If I'm really, really thinking this clear, I I would concede to that. But it is kind of a necessary judicial activism to combat the original one back when Judge Roberts made his his decision. Well, so you don't think if you're just going by the law, you don't think that this judge had a a reason to deem the law unconstitutional? Because I do. Yeah, um, I do. Did you look like because, OK, so what he said was um, for for the listeners who have not gotten into the details, which I can't blame you for <laughs> um, the judge, his his basis was that because the tax bill that was passed by Congress in December of last year, um, it included a portion in there that said that the indivi- the individual mandate would no longer exist. So the the tax bill last year rendered the entire, you know, the entire individual mandate just you couldn't enforce it. So now that that individual mandate is gone, the judge is saying, well, that was the entire reason that this was constitutional was because it was a tax. That's Mm -hmm. what what Chief uh, Justice uh, Roberts told us. So now that the tax part of it is gone, this isn't this isn't constitutional anymore. I don't see a problem with that. I don't see that as activism. I see that as really honestly interpreting it. 
No, I, I no. And saying, I, well, that part of it is gone. And if you were telling me that this was the only part of it that made it constitutional and that part's gone, you got a problem now. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And um, me and me pointing that out is is actually more of a larger discussion on judicial activism in general. Yeah. Uh, that's how bad it is. Like, really, we're we're at a point now where you have left leaning judges that are making unconstitutional, you know, decisions. Yeah, they're literally kind of like taking over government in a sense. It's almost like a judicial coup from behind the bench. Right. What they're doing, and they're using that to like pass things like Obamacare, which this should have never happened. And I agree. His little thing to to, to to twist this and say this is a tax was really just a way to like say, okay, screw it. How do I get something that's unconstitutional past the Supreme Court? Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, I'm going to interpret it this way. But to combat that, there's an equal and opposite, uh, you know, like uh, reaction. We, there's a, a conservative judge all the way down in Texas. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God for Texas, by the way. No, that's what I'm saying. Without... I am so proud Dude. to be here all the time. But anyway, so so he had to counter with this. Um, this is something that I'm actually really, really worried about going forward is everything that's going to get done, uh, whether it's hardcore, like... I don't know. Actually, I guess I'm not really worried about the hardcore conservative stuff because I typically think that would kind of go in lines with what the Constitution would be would be cool with. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm more worried about. Look, President Trump has has put in what uh, over 30 uh, lower level judges. Yes. Um, two Supreme he's, Court he's judges. He's done a pretty with the lower levels. He's done a pretty solid done a good job. job. He's done, done a good job. Very yeah. solid job of picking the right judges. Right. But if it can go our way right now, it could very easily go the, in completely the opposite direction. Another administration down the line. And this is, but this is the type of behavior that you know it, is building. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. Where you can have the president say, "Look, I, uh, you know, I think that it falls under my, you know, decree under my mandate to protect the borders." Um, to say how many immigrants come into the country, but the Ninth Circuit disagrees with me, so I am overruled. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous, but this is going to get worse. Yeah. But anyway, the, the Affordable Care Act will now go. Some people are calling this a Hail, Hail Mary. President Obama uh, actually took to Facebook to said, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to take months, if not years. Yeah. Um, and so basically what happens is the individual mandate runs out next month in January. Mm-hmm. So then Obamacare is not going away. So not, don't everybody like throw a party. Uh, it's going to stay in effect. It's going to stay in effect because it's going to go through the court process. Which, can I please tell you, is way worse to have Obamacare in effect without the individual mandate is actually incredibly worse. And it's going to raise premiums exponentially. It's exponentially worse than having Obamacare in place with the individual mandate. Because now, like I was saying earlier, now you who's going to buy into it? You like the only people who are going to want to pay these premiums are the well, the ultra wealthy won't even really need to because they're like, yeah, if I end up in the hospital, I'll just pay the hospital bill. I don't need to buy into this insurance. It's going to be the sick people. You are going to have Obamacare um, and and healthcare.gov. The only enrollments are going to be people who are super sick because they're the ones who need it. No one else. They're like, "Uh, okay, I can pay seven thousand dollars a month for premium for my family or I can just save that money and hope that we don't get sick. That's what everyone's going to do because they're not being forced by the government to do so. The only reason that it made it palatable was the individual mandate. And now that that's gone, premiums are going to <laughs> skyrocket. It is going to crush this system. It's going to crush it while we wait for this thing to get played out. So I'm like, I think I'm in the majority of the country right now, and the majority of people listening that think like, hey, my 
pretty most I think a lot of people would probably get their their insurance like I do like we do through their employer through their employer right um so but you have a background in this so like yes so I don't understand like how is this like so the, the Sarah Gonzalez are... licensed insurance broker here <laughs> yes how can I help you Jason how so Sarah yes. um, licensed insurance uh whatever you just said <laughs> broker um how does this affect me if I'm always getting my insurance through an employer like does this affect me at all um, yes and no. So uh, it, it does because your employer is going to start taking a hit on, on your premium. So right? that so, the employer has to pay more money. Correct. Because, okay. right. And, and you don't always see it. Here we have great, we have great coverage, amazing coverage. So yeah. we don't really see it here. However, there's only so much the employer can absorb before they pass it on to their employees. Okay. So uh, with a lot of my clients, you know, I was seeing that the they're going from, oh, we've got a thousand dollar deductible to... Okay, now we can only afford a $5,000 deductible because they've jacked our rates up so much. And of course, again, they're jacking the rates up because people don't have to buy it now. Who's, who is going to be motivated to buy into this if you're an individual and you don't already get it from your employer? The only people who are going to be motivated to buy into it, knowing that at any point in time you can go get it, you know, ah, I'm not going to get it this year. I think I'll get it next year. It's just going to be the sick people. So you are going to see it. Um, because there's only so long that your employer can absorb these costs without passing a little bit on to the employee. So this is why I think I think this is why I've never worried about Obamacare. It's because I've always been in a job where my employer paid for it. And there's like even it even happened here. Like I remember like we used to get I think it, it, we used to get free insurance here. Like we did not pay anything mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And then we it, it slowly went up as as the premium started rising. I didn't even I didn't even really even think about why costs were, you know, like my costs all of a sudden were, were, were starting to rise. Right. But I think that's what a lot of people like are kind of like lulled into like not do anything about this or right. not like really pressing, pressing their congressman uh, to say, hey, this is a big deal for us. You should actually do something because your 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 employer can only absorb these costs for so long. Right. They can only absorb them for so long. And then, I mean, how do, do you do you know the percentages of like the next, I don't know, 12 months or whatever? If, if they start keep continue to rise? I don't. I don't. But I mean, it's just the rise has just been like it's just such, such a sharp increase upward that it's I mean, it the whole system is going to just fall on top of itself. And, you know, a lot of people I want to clear up a a common misconception, too, because a lot of people think that it is, uh, you know, the evil insurance companies that are jacking up these rates because they don't care about the people. If they just cared about the little people, then they would stop jacking up the rates and they would stop taking in these profits so much. Well, first of all, that's ridiculous because we live in a free market society and the insurance company like they designed their company so that they could make profits from it. They have every right to do that. They're not the doctor. They didn't take the Hippocratic Oath. You know, they had nothing to do with, you know, oh, I'm going to do no harm at all costs. They're like, hey, we do insurance for this. We also do insurance for this. Why not design a system where we can, as a business, say, hey, if you want to protect your risk, like any other risk in, in life, if you want to protect your risk, you can buy into this. If not, you can go straight to the doctor. You can go straight to the hospital. So first of all, insurance companies are not the bad guy here. Second of all, people forget because they're so used to having insurance that if someone gets uh, you know, in a car accident and goes to the emergency room, they are paying 
ridiculous costs at the hospital. Mm. It's the, it's at the provider. It's it's the provider and the hospital. Those are where the costs are coming from. Those are where the exorbitant costs are coming from. And you go walk in and look at the hospitals. Go look at their nice new furniture and their granite countertops and all of these nice new things that they have. I mean, they are, you know, like they are the starting point for these exorbitant costs. So when the insurance company then gets a bill for this person who had to go to the emergency room and they've got to pay the $100,000 claim for them to stay, you know, for overnight, the costs have to trickle down somewhere and the insurance company can't absorb all of that because then they'd be out of business too. So it's like we have lived in this society We have lived this life of luxury for so long that people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez don't realize that we have been protected by these costs because of the insurance carrier for so long. They think that it's supposed to be better. I mean, she says in this tweet that we were referencing earlier, it's way better than being uninsured and reason enough to fight for Medicare for all. So (laughs) the system that they gave us that was like "Eh, half speed Medicare for all isn't working So their answer is to go full Medicare for all. That's really going to be what it is. Very similar to socialism. I tell you what, her her tweets just really (laughs) they they have the the, I I almost get set off, and then I'm like, look, I can't. This is like she's an idiot. She's too dumb to set you off. Like yeah, for for sure. Like her her second tweet, the 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 follow up to. uh, to the first one that we were just reading, she goes, it's important to be honest about the fact that U.S. healthcare is terrible and lags far behind the modern world. Yep. What I get. Yeah, you're so right. That's like, what I'm saying. OK, so privileged. As someone ask her if you get cancer is your first what's your first thought? Is it to travel to Canada or the U.K. to get medical care? No. Right. Your first thought is an American built hospital. That is your first thought. Yeah. Baylor, Scott and White or, uh, you know, Johns Hopkins or Mm -hmm. I don't know, pick one. That's where the entire world wants to go. Which is why we hear stories like from the UK, you know, Charlie Gard and Alfie Evans and these babies, these children who are being given a death sentence by their governments because they have socialized health care. Which is why we hear about those families desperately trying to get to somewhere like the United States so that they can receive treatment. I mean, again, it's like we here in America sit in this life of luxury. We live this life of luxury where we have this insurance system that can pay for everything. And we think somehow that the other countries are where we should be headed. No, you have been in this life of luxury so long. You have been in this bubble for so long. You don't even realize how good you have it. Because if you did, you would realize that we still have the greatest healthcare system in the world. And could there be tweaks to make it better? Absolutely. And we could go into those tweaks. But the point is, is that you're never going to have this utopia. And I think that the left, especially Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, does a very good job of painting this utopia. Yeah, but if we could only have this well but yeah. if we could just make these changes then it would be perfect no healthcare system is perfect point me to one healthcare system that is absolutely perfect with no flaws you can't do it so the, i mean the the fact that you would say well we did this aca uh like half cocked thing uh for medicare and since that hasn't worked and it's only made things worse we should definitely go full cocked I don't. I, I think. I think that was the. Pl- I actually uh, call me conspiracy theorist. But I, I, I know. Oh, where's your tinfoil hat? I'm, I'm going full on right for now. It. Full I don't on tinfoil. I I really think that was their their plan all along. I I really do. It wasn't what they really. You wanted. think it was Obama's plan? Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. It's not what they wanted, and they knew that. I mean, I I I just can't imagine how they actually expected this to succeed. 
Right. I don't think they did. And I don't think Republicans are going to be, uh, obviously not. Wow, I said this a couple years ago. I was like, you know, I just kind of doubt that Republicans will be the one to repeal that. I thought they'd at least put up a fight. I didn't think that it would be this bad. And it, by the yeah. way, they're still not doing anything. No, they're not. They, and They could be pulling all-nighters, and they're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and I agree with you. It, it should have been <laughs> done a long time ago because that was a major uh, issue of contention when voters voted them in. Remember, a lot of them ran on, we're going to repeal Obamacare. We're gonna, I'm going to be your vote to repeal Obamacare, and people voted for them, and then they didn't do it. Now, this isn't an, an excuse, but it is devil's, a little devil's advocate here, is... I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I wouldn't want to be the Republican who then has to. I mean, you know that Obamacare is failing. So then if you're the one who repeals it, what do you replace it with? They got into that trap of, well, if we repeal it, we have to replace it with something. (laughs) And we don't have anything better to replace it with. And so optics, they knew that the left had them because if they repeal it, you replace it with something and it fails because it was already failing. The Democrats get to say, well, the the Republicans ruined your health care. And if you don't repeal it and replace it with anything, then everyone goes into panic mode and they're like, but you didn't replace it with anything. Hey, guys, remember like eight years ago when we didn't actually have government run health care? We were all fine. We were all alive. No one was dying in the streets. It's all going to be fine. But they knew that the left was going to paint it as being the Republicans' fault. The first battle when the left won this was it was just huge. Was was the Supreme Court decision that that was the first one and just getting this bill passed. That's why and not through executive order. That is the power of actually getting something passed when Congress actually does something. Oh my gosh, you're not getting rid of it. Um, I will I will say that this it was extre- extremely hard for the GOP to repeal it. Um, because they, they couldn't. They, mm-hmm. they couldn't repeal it because they needed a two-thirds majority. Right. So they didn't have it. So a lot of people were like, look, just repeal it, repeal it. They didn't have the two-thirds majority. So they were very limited in what they could actually do. And a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm still pissed off at the lack of just any real effort to try and convince the American public why this is so bad. They didn't even try. Mm-hmm. They, all they did was squabble and bicker with each other behind closed doors. They didn't even try to get the social contract and mandate from the, from the country to explain, hey, Hey, this is not conservative. This is why this these our ideas are better than yours. They didn't even try that, which is ridiculous. But the second battle that they that they won on this is when what you just said, when they added in the word replace. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, repeal just became like it, that became like a dirty word. That yeah. that, that became like a four. It had word. to be repeal and replace and replace. Yes, Th- that they got they got caught up in that narrative. That's when that's when they won on this. Mm-hmm. When it was like, oh, we have to replace it with something. Yeah, it's called the free market. Right. You know, maybe replace with that. Right. And that's why I'm saying, like, we haven't had it for that long. Uh, hi, I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have the Affordable Care Act in place, and. Uh, we pretty okay dude i gotta i gotta tell you the story that time there, for this? yeah, yeah but the there story. were issues there were issues don't get me wrong i don't want people tweeting at me saying well i had to pay an arm and a leg for my health care and doctor's office visit and now i don't anymore okay i get it there is always going to be people who benefit from whatever is in place but i'm just saying it we we weren't on death's doorstep not having the affordable care act in place okay so check this story out so this is awesome this is how the this is the free market in action right so like this is why competition is better than just like full on, you know, socialist, whatever hell. Um, so you were talking about the ERs and how they mm-hmm. started ch- charging these like crazy prices. Yes. Like that was ridiculous. Like yes. I hate it. Like, and you have a small child, mm-hmm. like when they get a, a fever at 12 o'clock at night and it's 103, 104 degrees, you've got no choice. You're getting your butt up and you're going to the ER. 
and they know this. So then, like, this was it's crazy. Like, I, I think I paid one time five hundred dollars one time to go to the ER, and the prices were just like rising and rising and rising. Well, so my son, remember when my son just like broke his arm? Yes. And uh, we were talking about, and like they say here, like don't go to the ER, like try to go to a, like an urgent care, right? So we found this urgent care. Now, if you're in the DFW area, Legacy ER and Urgent Care is dope. <laughs> dude, did I tell you the story? Dope, dude. It is, oh my gosh, they were so tell good. Tell me the story, dude. So, so we go into Legacy ER. Like, I didn't even look totally by accident. It was like a total like just luck, you know. It was just luck. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, you could call it divine intervention or whatever. Because I found this place. I don't even go to the doctor. I just go to Legacy ER. Is it in Plano? At Knott's and Keller, like at okay. the corner of Tarrant and Davis okay. Boulevard. Okay. Um, and anyone who wants to stalk Jason now knows yeah, go uh, there. what that's my, that's urgent my care he frequents. Um, but anyway, so we go in there. Like We walk in. It's like brand new. Everything's awesome inside. You walk in, and somebody comes up to us with a little tray, right? Like a little silver okay. tray. I like it so far. With these little mini water bottles on them. On a tray? Yeah. That is on a tray. Fancy. I am about this life. Keep and so going. and so there's this male nurse that like gives us all water, uh, shows us to our seats, walks us to our seats, brings me the paperwork, doesn't say, are you going to see a movie? Or is, I, that's what you feel like. <laughs> and you know, like normally, like there's somebody like sitting behind the counter, like at the ER going next. Yes. Next. Yes. And they're, next? They, they're so miserable. They yeah. hate their lives. <laughs> and, and forcing their misery on you. Yes. And uh, but no, they brought the paperwork to me. I filled it out. And they were like, you know what? While, while, while you're waiting, we're going to go ahead and take your son back. There was no waiting. There was other people in the waiting room. He didn't have to wait at all. Didn't have to sit in the waiting room. They immediately whisked him in the back. Wow. So he's gone. I fill out the paperwork. My wife goes with him. He's already brought into a uh, like a, an examination room. The doctor is in there within 10 minutes of us even showing up. Examines him. Does a, a x-rays, all this stuff. Um, check this out. So at the end of it, the doctor's like, he, it might be a, a hairline fracture, but I can't really tell. So this is the point where they would say, so go see a specialist. Yes. No, 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 no. Not at Legacy ER and Urgent Care at Davis and Tarrant Parkway. <laughs> he goes, I know of a specialist nearby. I'm going to give him a call. Wow. He calls the specialist. The specialist comes to him, comes here, and uh, looks, at the, looks at the thing, goes, okay, yeah, I found, I found it. It was hard to see. You can see it right there. Wow. They gave him everything. I was out in 30 minutes, and he saw b- both the doctor, an actual MD, and a specialist. Is that not insane? Wow, that's crazy. That's free market capitalism. They yeah. know that the, co- the 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 costs at an ER are too expensive. Yep. People are looking for somewhere else to go. They're looking for options. Yep. That place is the bomb. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of your slogans now, are so now, 1990. So, or 80s even, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's too old for me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go that low. It was just it, it was just amazing. And I was like, these are the types of things that if you if you enable the market to yes. go in that direction, if you you do not stifle it if you do not hold it down. Uh, this is look. This is a legitimate thing that we could be looking at in the mm-hmm. next two years. Mm-hmm. They might have the power to do this. They have the House right now. They could get the Senate. What if a Bernie Sanders is elected president? Right. Yeah. No, I know. And I mean, uh, to add to your point on free market solutions, you've got. Have you seen the the doctors who will do house calls now? There's there are apps mm. where you just download the app and you pay a flat rate. For the doctor to come to your your house, whether or not you have insurance. So there are a lot of places now that are finding their niche in, okay, even if you don't have insurance, because a lot of people can't afford it anymore, we're going to make this affordable for you, knowing that there are going to be enough people that they're going to be getting enough of this, you know, that that they can afford it. Plus, there's no overhead 
They don't have some sort of hospital or, I mean, obviously, if there's something that's bad enough, the patient has to be taken to the hospital. But I mean, to have a doctor that's just available at your fingertips that you can go, yeah, I don't have insurance, but I'm really sick and I need them to come to my house. Click. Okay, I've got a doctor coming to my house for 50 bucks. I mean, that's huge. And I think that we're going to continue to see all of these things, uh, all, all of these different kind of niches pop up that's going to combat all of the the raising the raising rates, but in the meantime, how in the world does Alexandria Ocasio Cortez sell Medicare for all? <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand how you sell it, except to again to the the younger people who live in this bubble. Who it's like this is so first world problems. Mm-hmm. It's so first world problems for her to say, "Oh, well, you've got you know all of these issues with Affor- Affordable Care Act. Let's do it Affordable Care Act on steroids. That's really going to help." I well, mean, <laughs> these people don't understand th- that you're not entitled to just all of the, the healthcare is not a right. And 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 they and they, I just remind you. And they tell you certain things like. Like I remember, remember when she did her interview with Tapper, mm-hmm. and he kept on saying, "How are you going to pay for this? This yeah. is this is forty trillion dollars. Everything you want to do." Yeah, and then she just hones in on single payer healthcare and goes, "Well, what you don't understand is this is going to save money. Right? This is going to save you. You're money. already paying for it. Least, well, no, we're not. <laughs> and what she's referring to is you yourself. Like, yeah, specifically for a doctor, you're not going to be handing them a paycheck, but your paycheck." That you, you know, your work paycheck, you're going to be paying for it there because mm-hmm. that's really the only way. And even the tax increases that they talk about, you're talking about like a two trillion dollar like bump up for like in, in the raise of taxes. You still have 38 trillion more to go. So it's all going to be leveraged. It's all going to be like on credit, basically. I am so glad that her expensive college education uh, taught her to do basic math what really there? well. It was so good. Uh, this segment brought to you by Legacy ER and Urgent Care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go visit them. Yes! Go visit them now. Uh, speaking of human rights, got another human right for you coming up after, after the break. Yeah. Oh. It's. Healthcare is a human right. I'm all about the human rights. Uh, yeah, new floors is a human right. Makeup, oh, yeah, apparently mm. human right. Oh yes. Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell here uh, at Blaze TV filling in for Steve Dace. Steve is on a well-deserved, well-deserved vacation or at least uh, having having some time off. So uh, I do want to get into um, what constitutes as a basic human right. But uh, before we do that, um, we were talking off air during the break about the fact that all of this ACA stuff now that it was ruled unconstitutional, of course, it is going back to the Supreme Court. Um, and it, it's not its not a, a win, I think. It's not just a given win for conservatives because the Supreme Court, it does look different now. So you've got Gorsuch and you've got wait, Kavanaugh. Wait, we just put two incredibly conservative judges <laughs> in the Supreme Court. What do you mean it's not a win, Sarah except Gonzalez? Except we didn't. Except <clears throat> we didn't. And, uh, you know, it will be interesting because Kavanaugh actually, one of the reasons why uh, uber conservatives were concerned with him was because of a past ruling on Obamacare. Right. He did side with the left on that. Yep. Uh, and so now, you know, it's going to go back to the Supreme Court. You would think that with the individual mandate gone, Roberts wouldn't, you know, I mean, how can Roberts argue the same argument that it's a tax 
the individual mandate is a tax if the individual mandate is gone. I would ask that too, but I never would have thought he would have gone the way he did in the beginning. I know. I just knew this was getting shot down. I know. And so now that you have, you know, you have Roberts, which is going to be up in the air, you logic would tell you that of course Roberts couldn't rule the same way if the individual mandate was taken away. But we're not dealing with logic in 2018 or 2019 or 2020. So we got to throw that out the window. Uh, and then, you know, you have Gorsuch. I don't know. Kavanaugh. I don't know. I mean, we know our our uh, our tried and true solid conservatives, but it's still going to be up in the air. I mean, Th- Th- uh, Thomas is a in, in my mind right. is a, he, he's a yeah, win. He's Gorsuch will be he's a solid. win. Um, Kavanaugh really is the is the wild card there, and and exactly he's he's the wild card in the same way that Kennedy was the wild card. Yeah, like you really didn't know. So status quo has been maintained, and we knew that the status quo was maintained when Kavanaugh was slipped in as hey, this is my nominee. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of the original he was not judges on the list. Was not. So this tells you something. This tells you that Kennedy had his own list. Mm-hmm. Kennedy had his own list and was like, look, hey, buddy talking to president he's like mr president yes I, I will retire i want to get off this this has been too much I want to spend some family time but i don't like any of your list yeah now i will consider leaving if you choose one of these people and it was probably a very small list and kavanaugh was on that list that's more than likely what happened so in the end kavanaugh even though a lot which is of people- a great which is i love this theory because i mean he he knew kavanaugh you know what i mean kavanaugh kavanaugh clerked for him at one point right so yeah. that would make so much sense that that would be what exactly what happened. Yeah, the, the firestorm around Kavanaugh changed a lot of things. For one, it changed our uh, it changed the rights perspective of who Kavanaugh really is. Mm-hmm. It, we all of a sudden because we were wanted to defend him and rightly so to defend him because in that instance he needed to be defended. But all of a sudden we were expecting him to be a Gorsuch, right? Which he's not, right? He's in the mold of Kennedy. Yeah, he, he's it's status quo. He's very he's he's going to be middle of the road. He'll be he'll be one way. He'll be left one one week, right the next week. Well, I mean, as we've already seen <laughs> with Planned the re- yeah the recent ruling with Planned Parenthood that he he sided with the left in that they would not he didn't want to rule that we didn't have to pay for Planned Parenthood and abortions. Yeah. So I mean, th- which is so incredibly. I mean, it's not funny, but it's hilarious to me in hindsight that you know you had the left. Screaming that Kavanaugh was going to take women out back and rape them and kill them. Oh, you know no. what I mean? That was oh. basically what they were saying. Like, Kavanaugh's going to kill women. Kavanaugh doesn't care about reproductive rights. Kavanaugh hates all women. And women then, would cease to exist I know. throughout the entire planet. Oh my God. I know. So we were hearing all of these things that Kavanaugh was just, just wanted to murder all of us. And then. He gets in all this hubbub. You completely destroy his character over it. And then he rules in your favor. And then keeps Planned Parenthood alive. Right. Which actually really <laughs> chaps me. Like, I wish that he, I, I wish that he <laughs> was a worse man than he is. I wish that he didn't have the character that he had and really just was like, you know what? I want to stick it to them now. They've destroyed my, you know, they tried to destroy my career. They destroyed my name. And... Yeah, I think everything okay. you guys want me to rule on, I'm not going to rule on. So, you know, exactly. I, I, I just do wish for that a little bit. I'm kind of surprised it didn't. I know. Actually, like I, know. I thought like it shows his integrity for what's, sure. What's crazy is he, everybody at this network was like say, was saying from the beginning, like like we didn't want we, we didn't we didn't want Kavanaugh. We, right. we were like, no, we, we wanted no. that. We, he was so milk toast. <clears throat> we wanted Barrett. Amy actually. Coney Barrett. Barrett yes. would have been awesome. Yes. Would have been awesome. And can you imagine the firestorm if Barrett would have gotten into that confirmation hearing? It would have been. A hundred times worse. Yes. I don't know where they would have went because they couldn't have gone with me too. And that was my question. Yeah, that was my question was it was probably going to be like, 
Well, we heard that she bullied people in high school. Is that where it was starting? I mean, I don't know. I, that's the only thing that I could come up with in my head of something that they could use to virtue signal. Okay. That was the only thing. Because again, like they can't do me too. I mean, maybe she, they could have used me too and said, she sexually harassed one of the male clerks that she worked with. Possibly. You know, I mean, I guess they could try it. What, like, it, what would be more ridiculous than calling Brett Kavanaugh a gang rapist? Right. So, I mean, they, they could have used it. They could have uh, used anything, apparently. Uh, racism. Probably would have went to racism. Yeah. And they would have manufactured some kind of racist thing in the past. They would have taken some kind of nuanced comment, mm-hmm. taken it out of context, and then all of a sudden mysteriously had about 20 witnesses yeah. saying how the crazy ra- uh, racist thing she did at one point. Right. But, I mean, but, but from what Kavanaugh endured, I mean, if I'm him, I am totally radicalized. Oh, like, yeah. This is the equivalent exactly. of going into like a terrorist camp and being radicalized by jihadists. Exactly. Like I would have been like radicalized, hardcore, far right conservative. Like, no, nah, I don't want to say far right conservative. Hardcore, very conservative. Because that like <laughs> that's thrown around so much and like yeah. the meaning is All like right, far right, right. Not the same thing, but just so we're clear. But I would have been very, very conservative yeah. at that point. And I don't even care if like there's any leftist agenda or anything that the left held dear. I just would have been off. I would have been against it on principle. I know. After that. I know. But what it's, do we get? That's not what happened. No. And that's I'm, not what happened. And I will say in his defense, it, again, I feel like it does speak to his character because he, it seems like he is trying to be objective, which is like, okay, great. Good for you. Whatever. I just want you to, I just want you to rule my way. Well, you, but you can't, but <laughs> no. you can't on things like Planned Parenthood because it's just a basic human right. It right? is. It is. And that's, thank you, Jason, for, for, for getting to this because it is a very important thing that we need to yell loud and clear from the rooftops. If it, I've said it, it once, I've said it a million times. Was that a pro transition, by the way? It was. Awesome thing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if I've said it once, I've said it a million times that abortion is, uh, I mean, it's a human right. Can we Can we be honest? Duh. I mean, it, like, why? Uh, first of all, we need to be teaching our children this in schools. I would like to just say, let me just make a, make let me just make a note here to write to my son's principal. Uh, please, we need to teach this in schools because it is so important. All right. Even the president of Planned Parenthood, Dr. Wen. Let me just uh, let me just get. Oh, my gosh. This is just this is such knowledge that is being <laughs> spoken right here. Uh, she tweeted out from here on out. This was, of course, after the, the ACA ruling from here on out. We want to be clear. Planned Parenthood services from birth control <clears throat> to cancer screenings. <clears throat> I don't think you guys do that a lot. Uh, and abortion are standard <laughs> abortion medical was the la- care. Abortion yeah, was the last thing. Threw that in there, even though that's the majority of what they do. Yeah. We won't get into that. Uh, abortion, standard medical care. Reproductive health care is health care. Women's health care is health care. Wait, is it? Is, is that, is, are you saying abortion is not standard medical care? You don't go for your checkup and say, hey, can I get a flu shot and abortion No, that's as what usual? I'm saying is that, that we need to be talking about this because abortion is standard medical care and healthcare is a basic human right. Hashtag this is healthcare. I mean, why are we not talking about this more? Clearly, it's like a, a yearly annual visit that all women have to go to. They're like, hey, doc, I can you check me out? And also, why don't you just go ahead and give me an abortion while I'm in here? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just it's very like I will get sick. If I don't have this abortion, I would like my flu shot, the mm-hmm. vitamins that we talked about, mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. six month abortion. Abortion to go, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or do I, is that, do I need to go to the pharmacy for that? That's straight standard. Do I get this, do I get this abortion here? Or do I go to the pharmacy or what, doc? I got, I got to know because I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sick. My health might fail if I don't have this abortion because it is standard medical care. Straight up. Unbelievable. Now I even will go so far as to say healthcare is not a basic human right, but Let's just focus in on this abortion as standard medical care because I think that it is really important to talk about how they have expertly managed to shift the narrative. Oh, yeah. I got to hand it to them. Oh. They're really good at that. They oh. have shifted this narrative the next to sentence. an unbelievable height. The next sentence is uh, proof positive of that. Like right after she says it's standard medical care, which is laughable as we're pointing out, but the very next sentence, reproductive health care is health care. Reproductive health care. Hmm. Let's break that down for a second. So, but reproductive health care would be when you are attempting to reproduce. Right. Right. Which would mean that you are having a, a baby, but that, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, that's not what abortion is. No, it's, it's pretty much exactly the opposite of that. So it's pretty like much the opposite. You're murdering a life. You're not reproducing and bringing and adding life. Right. Um, hmm. The killing of babies uh, is not. It's not re- reproductive. It's not reproductive, and no. it's definitely not healthcare. <laughs> it's again not, the exact opposite it's, of it's, healthcare. Killing babies is anti-healthcare. <laughs> That's about as anti-healthcare as you can get. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure that anything is more anti-healthcare than taking an, an innocent baby and murdering it. Like, so th- this is this is so this is very obvious and it's also very hilarious. But this is also the narrative. Like what she's saying here is the narrative that dominates the country right now. Mm-hmm. It is what got Roe v. Wade um, made into law. Like the, how successful the narrative switch yes. and change on this is yes. staggering. Yes, no one argues with this. But these are very when you actually read through it like we are and break it down. It is so painfully obvious. You can't. You, all you have to do is sit back and laugh. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I will say, um, if you were to poll people, this is, I strongly believe this. Now, again, the left could prove me wrong because they're just so crazy and they're indoctrinating people left and right. But I firmly believe that if you really broke it down and you went out and asked people who were pro-choice, who said, I believe in a women's right to choose, and you really started digging into, you know, um, okay, but do you agree with like the the late term abortions and do you believe in partial birth abortions and if like how far do you think that they have a right to take this i i believe that we would find that a much less number a much fewer number of people would say would be comfortable with that i would like to believe that the average american does not think that the left's idea of being able to abort a baby up until the day before it's born is okay i would like to believe that every time you and I, I love I love where you're taking this here because every time you take uh, a you know a leftist uh, you know line of thinking mm-hmm. or whatever they're messaging, trying to push yeah. messaging if you if you take just take it all the way out to finality right okay don't take it on surface like the catchphrases and all that stuff right you have to see it through to finality now every time you see it through finality you see how utterly ridiculous it is. Uh, genders, you know, there's a gazillion genders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, keep on, take it off. I've got some gender if stuff you to take, get into. <laughs> I know you do. So fun. If you take it out to finality, you have people that are claiming to be like that one guy in the UK that, or wherever that was, somewhere in Europe. I think it was, <laughs> he was a Dutch man, was I a, think. A, yeah. a Dutch man? Yeah. Dutch, or a Dutchman? Well, 
I, you know what? I Who's to say? I don't know. He could have been identifying as a woman that particular day. I don't know. But I believe that he was a man on that particular day and that he was Dutch. Let's just say for political correct, for, to be political correct, he was a Dutch person A du- well, in could, Europe. But, That's true, though. Yeah, you still. That might be going too far. Who am I to say that he's a person? There were actually people. There there was a person that was trying to identify as a dragon. I remember not so long ago, a couple years ago when this first came out. Who are we to say? Who are we to say? You know, because we're not bigots. I'm I'm not God. (gasps) Oh. I said a bad Did word. Did you just acknowledge the, sorry. the uh, higher power? I'm sorry. How dare you? I'm sorry. Anyway, but this so this guy, this Dutch person in, in, in Europe was trying to identify as, as younger. Again, yes. if, if you're willing to ignore science, and I think that was the ruling, so there was no scientific base they could do this. No kidding! Um, hello? That's no only kidding. what we've been telling you guys about gender this entire time. Take it out to its finality. Yes. Take it out to its finality. And the same with, uh, with, with abortion. Take it to its finality. There was a story that came out in the UK not too long ago, a couple years ago, I believe, where it was progressives that were trying to make the case, and it was either at Oxford or somewhere, some uppity school in Europe, and uh, they were trying to say, look, if, if you really believe that you know, a, a, a baby can, can be terminated because it's, it, it doesn't have the capacity to live on its mm-hmm. own, well, it doesn't have the capacity to live on its own when it's born either. So if we really are going to believe this, we have to extend it out to the first few weeks or even months of life. That's a great point. Yeah, because how, how is the baby going to eat or drink? Exactly. I'm not joking with this. Like, this is not like a hypothetical. This was an actual paper, an wow. academic paper from the progressive left wow. making this case. Now, they didn't know this, but they were trolling themselves with how stupid this yeah. is. Yeah. Take it to its finality on all this stuff. Do it when you're like arguing with your friends or just not arguing, but when you're having these discussions with no, people. No, when you're arguing with your friends. <laughs> when you're, when you're okay, arguing fine, with your when you're stupid arguing. friends when who think sh- that this is okay. When you're showing them how idiotic this is. <laughs> Take to, Just invite them to go all the way to Endgame and see where it takes you. Well, let's not even... I mean, you're, you're saying Endgame, but Endgame where they tried to persuade you to do it in a paper... But even if you just look at the end game of what is currently legal right now in some states, it's still horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still believe that someone in middle America, the average American, is not going to sit there and look me in the eye and tell me, yeah, I think that uh, a baby who has his lungs fully you know, functioning and could survive after it leaves the womb and you know, it's the day before it's about to be born. Yeah, I still think that you should be able to abort it. I I don't believe that the average American would go that far. I really don't. Right now, I think most people would would say that's ridiculous. But I don't know how far, how long you're willing to fight for this. Yeah. How how much of your morals you're willing to just give away yeah. and give into yeah. to to keep to continue this to go on. I mean, lung lung capacity and lung function is the most ridiculous thing that they've ever come up with to to talk about this. How many people have been on life support? Right. Instantly, like the law would instantly state, oh, if they're on life support, if if you're the next of kin, immediately pull the plug. Yeah. It's not murder. You can do it. Yeah. Nobody would agree with that. No. Senior no. citizens that don't that they can't take care of themselves. Right. And pull the plug. Yeah. Have someone euthanize. Yeah. No one agrees exactly. with that yeah, now. We, but, can't, we can't do that now. But again, that's taking it to the finale. That's yes. where this is going. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just really quickly, the health care is a basic human right. It's not. just kills me all the time. So who is it that's, that's expected to pick up the cost of that? Oh, the insurance companies. I forgot. But since when is someone's like skilled labor 
a basic human right. You obviously have not read the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or anything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's life, liberty, it's, and the pursuit of health care. It's in there. Life, liberty, health care, and the pursuit 52. of happiness. Article 52. Yeah. Life, liberty, I, the pursuit of happiness, um, health care. Yep. Abortion. Yep. Um, new tile in my kitchen. Because I, I just, I don't know. I just really want new tile. And it seems like it would be. Absolutely. Like, I just, that's the thing now, right? You mm-hmm. just say that it's a human right if you want it to be something to do. And I would say like a Hummer, but like, I don't think that existed at that time. So I think the actual text is a dope form of transportation. Dope <laughs> form of transportation. <laughs> but I mean, that's just, it's so communist to start saying, you know, healthcare. My, like, I am entitled to someone else's skilled expertise and labor. That is my that is my right as an individual. Like as an individual, it is not your right to receive services or labor from someone else, especially someone like a doctor who has gone to school for that. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, you guys go and you spend a bunch of money and get in debt uh, and pay off your student loans to become the doctor that you are. And then I, I'm just entitled to, to your knowledge, please. Here, yeah. just 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 have at it and uh, give it to me for free. Yeah. And, and, and if you and if you want this access and this is when you all can always tell when people are out for power, it's not to enable the masses. It's not it's not for, oh, because I feel sorry for them. It's because they want a right that you used to have mm-hmm. that used to be all under your control, given away to the government mm-hmm. so that they can be in control of it. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, they're calling it a basic human right, but they want to give that right to the government mm-hmm. and make it fully in control of your life. You don't have a right to that. And when you give the right, when you give one of your basic rights up, when you give, even if you do believe that it's a right, if you give it up and you give it to the government, you lost it. You don't have it. Um, I, I have just this, I don't know. It just came to me. You know what I feel is a basic human right? Living. I feel like uh, maybe just the right to live mm-hmm. <laughs> is a ba- the right to be human. And that's why the framers <laughs> actually put that in the Constitution. <laughs> Living, not killing babies. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, that's the a The right one. to life. Basic I, human right. Yep, yeah, I agree. That one's in there. Thanks, Founding Fathers. Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell in for Steve Dace this week. And uh, Jason, I was just curious, have you done all of your Christmas shopping yet? Gosh, no. You men. I have so much to you do. You men. You're all the same. You procrastinate until the very last minute. I know, and I've got this And you're full... out at the mall on Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, Christmas Eve. The 23rd, 24th is when I do it all. And then I've got this full list of, like, everyone tells me what they want. Yeah. And so I'm ready to go. Yeah. But by the time I get there, nothing's available. Everything's sold out. Um, so they get so, wool socks. Everyone okay. gets wool socks. So here's a pro tip for you. <laughs> Not sure if you're aware. There is this really neat invention called the internet and Amazon. And if you go to Amazon, you can actually order it from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to procrastinate. See, here's the thing. I know this. And because I know this, it helps me procrastinate longer. So then I'm like, ah, I can just order it. I can just order it and get it in two days. I'll do Prime now. It'll right. be at my doorstep in an hour. So then I wait too long. And then I notice that it's like they're like bogged down. So then yeah. it takes like a week instead of the two day shipping. And right. then I'm screwed. So then I have to go to the mall. Every year it happens that way. For the past three, four years, that's what's happened. I mean, I feel like maybe like 
you could learn from your experience and then do it differently the next year instead oh, so of just repeating. So we're judging now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, we were judging a long time ago, baby. <laughs> uh, no, but so Santa just read a, a new survey that um, there are people now who think there's more than a quarter of people who think that Santa, good old Santa Claus, should be uh, gender neutral. I'm just tired of this crap, man. Yeah. I don't like how you know what is can we just there's a reason why we we say things like our Christian or I'm sorry, our, our Christmas tradition, because some things have tradition. You know what I mean? Like yes. traditionally, I, that's what that's why they're traditions <laughs> for crying out loud. That's why that's the whole point of the name. Words matter. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, can we just have our traditions and like leave them be? This is ridiculous. Well, I can tell you why, Jason, because it's very, um, it it is not inclusive. Okay. It's discriminating against people who don't think like you do. And I got to tell you, I am very uncomfortable sitting next to such a bigot right now, (laughs) uh, really, quite honestly, because if you're not willing to change your entire tradition for a very tiny, tiny percentage of the people in this country, how can you even look at yourself in the mirror? Jason. That's a good point. Uh, I have a hard time looking at myself in the mirror, especially as my I mean, hair has been going away. <laughs> so that's the whole other thing. But beyond that... It's just so bigoted of you. How... The, the, that's a good point that you make, because it's such a small percentage of people that tiny, actually think this. Tiny. Such a small. So, like, it's it makes no sense that, you know, over, you know, about a thousand years of, or however old Christmas is... Um, since Santa Claus is, was invented, or, well, I, don't, I don't remember the I don't remember the year, but it's been a long time that like the millions and millions of people that that uh, that celebrate Christmas and it's and they've had this tradition for so long that they would all of a sudden change hundreds of years of tradition and of something being the way it is because point oh whatever percent what or because now we're supposed to we're being told that science doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure science matters. Uh, and so... What would that even look like? Right. That's that's what I'm trying to figure it out. And plus, so so let me just tell you really, really briefly. So 19% of people believe that he should not be male or female. But 10% said that Santa should identify as a woman. Which it's like, no, he's good. He has Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Lest we forget, excuse me. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty discriminatory to forget about Mrs. Claus. He's got right? his girl. She's locked down. She's at the North Pole, working hard with him. They're, I mean, I would. I would go so far as to call them a power couple. If I'm being honest. <laughs> like Santa and Mrs. Claus, you can't have one without the other. And they're this power couple who comes together. Maybe the and original makes Christmas power is great. couple. I, that's what I'm saying. The OG. That's what I'm couples. saying. I mean, other than like Joseph and Mary, I guess. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> since, since it is Christmas. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, they are like the power couple. And now we're supposed to say that Santa should identify as a woman. It's just such virtue signaling at this point. And I think that it's because I honestly think that people answer this way, not because they really believe it, but because they are so scared of the outrage brigade brigade finding out that they might not agree with all of this gender neutral BS non-science. And they're like, oh, I have to answer this way because I'm going to be accused of being racist or homophobic or transphobic or quilt bag 
too phobic or whatever. And I, I, I have to. They'll ruin my career. They'll ruin my job. I've seen them do it to everyone else. And so I just kind of have to be on this bandwagon. This is a crack up. You can find this at CBSNews.com where I'm seeing it. But like this, this study... 20% of people think that he should have tattoos. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't shouldn't have no tattoos. Got to have full sleeves. Um, 23% think that he should be carrying an iPhone because why not? 18% thinks he should have skinny jeans. And 25% think he should wear trainers instead of his black boots. <laughs> unbelievable. Stop trying to ruin our fun and our traditions. And he should drink beer. Oh, per- 6% said he should drink beer. But now, now, twenty two percent. How is he supposed have- to? How is he supposed to operate the sleigh if he is under the influence? Like you got to be really skilled to be able to 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 operate a sleigh in the middle of the air. I well, mean, you don't have any air traffic controllers guiding you, so you can't be drinking beer. Okay, well, you didn't read further on down the line, Sarah G, because twenty two percent think that he should have a he should be upgraded to a flying car, and the little picture has a reindeer flying the flying car. So he ain't driving. He's drinking his his he's brew. Drinking his beer. He's drinking in his natty light as, as as you like to do. He's like he's shotgunning those natty lights like you learned from Sarah Gonzalez back in college. <laughs> Um, when he was, I was ch- a pro, <laughs> I was. Um, and he's sitting in the passenger seat. That's what he's doing. That's unbelievable. And, and oh, and he should have an iPhone. Give me a break. We're, like, what kind of generation are we raising right now? His fur should glow in the dark. Four percent said his fur should glow in the dark. This is a crack up. Four percent said he should have dreadlocks. Um, I'm sorry. I've got to stop you right there. <laughs> no Santa in my world is going to have dreadlocks. He's just not. There's That's n- just not right. There's nothing wrong with having d- tradition. There's nothing wrong with right. tradition. He Th- should ha- he should have tattoos. No, stop trying to ruin my clean Santa. And I don't have anything against tattoos because I have some. And he could have tattoos. He's just never taken yeah, his coat off. Right? Where would you even see it? Where would you see so so a sleeve? Where would you even see a sleeve? He's got his coat. With the fur around the the edges, right? And he's got his pants. He's got his belt. He's got his hat. Where would you see tattoos? His neck? Do we want Santa to have neck tattoos now? He's, Santa's like, well, I just, oh, wait, he's got the beard. Maybe the back of the neck? Maybe, yeah, maybe. So Santa's just going to be like, yeah, I just got out of the slammer. Do you like my cool teardrop tattoo on my face? I'm ready to give <laughs> Christmas presents to kids. Let's go. Like, Why? These are th- society is just I just don't I don't believe in I don't believe in anyone at all. This is I don't believe in any of us. We're just we're crumbling. We're this, done. This is the type of thing where, you know, the the progressive movement wants to really wants to like I mean, I go back to like the cultural Marxism type uh, type movement where they really they want to like tr- tr- they want to change Western culture. They want to change it so that they can direct you towards a Marxist ideology of we're all egalitarian, we're all the same, uh, yada yada yada, you know, bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Um, but this 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 whole movement of trying to like, uh, you know, taking a small minority of people and then trying to change it for everyone. So you have to change it for everyone. Look, these are things that you can like. This is like like if you come in a family and you know a biker family and you're like, hey, our Santa Claus has tattoos and he doesn't wear red; he wears like biker leathers. That's fine for your family, right? That's perfectly fine, right? Like, you can do you however you want to do you, mm-hmm. but the difference is, and this is also like the, the conservative angle, in, right? You in ain't more gonna do ways, me in more ways than one. Right. Just saying, you're not going to try to tell us what to do. Right. Do what you want to do, you know. But but 
We are not on board with you trying to mandate that all of us have to do that. And, you know, that's what's so crazy to me. I cannot believe how millennials and young people, how they jump on board with this. Mm -hmm. They jump on board with how everyone has to conform. Everyone has to change. Like, I thought kids were rebels. Like, that really is the conservative libertarian mindset. You know, like, that's the that's really the rebel stance in politics. Mm -hmm. How is that not popular to young people? That makes no sense to me. Well, they don't conform on anything, but they conform on this because I think that their I I think that their mentality, speaking as the youngest person in the room, okay, might I just say, <laughs> I think that their mentality is that conforming is being the rebel because they're conforming to something that's different than what the other than what the older generation has. You know what I mean? Like they're conforming because they all think the same, but they're also saying, well. <laughs> You old people have had it this way for way too long. This is what we want to implement. And it's it's new and it's young and it's hip and it's rebellious and it's not like anything ever before. And so they don't see it as conforming. They actually <laughs> see it in their heads as rebelling. We're going to rebel by doing everything the government or these people tell us to do. Yeah. Boom. You yeah. got me there. I don't know. <laughs> they just don't get it. They don't get it. They're like... No, we've we've got this under control. Like, but the government has it under control. Okay, maybe. Oh crap! It's now, a, now we're in Venezuela. It's <laughs> right. It's it's an absolute tragedy that there has been no, you know, conservative anyone on the right that has been able to sell that principle. Like, well, Jason, are you running for office soon? Can you sell no, that principle? I would never pass the background screening on on one of those bad boys. <laughs> Can you imagine the skeletons would come out? But again, maybe that doesn't even matter anymore. It's, I, it's less. It makes less of a difference nowadays, I think. I firmly believe, I think it makes a difference now, but I firmly believe that we are going to reach a point where it won't matter anymore because literally no one will be able to find work. You know what I mean? Because if we're doing this to every single person and we're, we're subjecting every single person to this rigorous background check where you are never allowed to make mistakes, whether it be as a kid, like mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, or, you know, like Kevin Hart, where it's just a yeah. few years ago, we are reaching the point very quickly where all of a sudden, if we're doing this to everyone, no one is going to pass that test. Everyone is going to fail the test. And we're going to have like no one's going to be able to fill the shoes if we don't start saying, OK, maybe we're judging a little bit too harshly. It's it's it's, it's an interesting point. And I, it's actually fascinating a line of, of, of thought for me because it really and again, we've, we've been talking about taking it to its end game. Mm-hmm. This can only go on for so long that you continue to drag out people's skeletons that the things like it was it in was it in Kyler Murray's case where he was like 14 years old he was 14 and 15 years old joking around with his friends none of us can pass that screening and then and plus as we going towards like you know how technology can change you know literally what you say and like it it can change your you know it could put you at the scene of a crime you know what i mean there's that thing called uh, glenn has talked about you know deep fakes um this stuff is coming very very soon so we're approaching that point where look it's not really going to matter. Like they're they're using it as a tool to like you know shut down any kind of outside dissenting voices. Mm-hmm. You're going to get to a breaking point where everyone's like, okay, I don't know what to believe. I'm just going to judge this person on who he is right now, the content of his character right now, and what he says right now, and how convincingly he can advocate those those principles. 
Like you can tell you can tell a liar right out right off the bat. Right. Like if, if he did certain things in the past and he goes, Look, that wasn't that's not me now and this is this is why if you can't really prove to me and tell me when you changed that one moment, that pivot point that said, Okay, this is why I switched my viewpoint. If you you can people have a big time BS indicator yeah. on that or meter. Yeah. If you and, and it's gonna be obvious. But I think that's very, very interesting as we as we go forward. They're, it's got to get to that shift. point. It is. It is. It point. really is. It's going to shift. And all of a sudden, they're going to be like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Um, I, I want to address something really quickly. Uh, Last Best Hope on Twitter uh, wrote to us about our conversation about Kavanaugh and the Affordable Care Act and said that we were mocking, our mocking of the left shows how ignorant, I, well, me specifically, I am. Dem said Kavanaugh was going to murder all women. Really? Um, they said women were going to die. They said women were going to die if Kavanaugh was sworn in. I didn't, I'm not the one who's making that up. They said it. They're the ones who said it. So if you have a problem with the rhetoric that I just said earlier that Jason and I were discussing, maybe you should talk to uh, the Democratic leaders because they are the ones who put that spin on it. Not me. I'm the one who's pointing out how, how ridiculous it is. Just letting you know. Anyway, back to uh, <laughs> Santa and genders and how crazy we're all going. We're going off of the cliff. Would it surprise you at all to hear that a school district in the UK is now teaching that boys can also have uh, menstrual periods. They're explaining this scientifically? Or they're saying this hypothetically? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this in science class? Or Jason, what is this? please, explaining this scientifically. Come on. Like, I'm, I'm trying what to kind figure of out, question is that? I'm trying to figure out, like, reading, writing, arithmetic, where this would fit into, like, core reading, curriculum. Reading, writing, arithmetic, transgender periods. <laughs> so they're adding that course. It just it flows okay. off of the tongue, right? Well, what is the... What, what, what is this now? This is like grammar school. This is what is this? Uh, yeah, it is. Let's see. It is. Uh, yes. Elementary age students. Now, how- elementary age students. That, so here it is. Um, schools in Brighton in East Sussex, England, will now teach elementary age students that menstruation is not gender specific. That's not gender specific. Where are they teaching this? Like, in the elementary schools. So, I mean, they're, they're just like, yeah, so, um, yeah, you carry the one and pie and blah, blah. Oh, yeah, and also and boys can also have menstrual boys, and also And also, boys, here's how you use a tampon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to end well. Let me just tell you, spoiler alert, <laughs> boys, boys trying to use a tampon is not going to end well. So, apparently, they have released these guidelines uh, that schools are to speak in an inclusive manner to all students about periods or menstrual cycles and explain to them that it is not gender specific and uh, the language and learning about periods is inclusive of all genders, cultures, faiths and sexual orientations. For example, girls and women and others who have periods, trans boys and men and non-binary people may have periods. Periods are something to celebrate and we can see this in ceremonies and celebrations across the world. Now, if you want to, I'm, I will go, let me just put on like a little bit of left-leaning hat here. If you want to go so far as to say trans boys and non-binary people may have periods. Okay, you live in your crazy little world where there's such thing as non-binary and that boys are trans and identify as women. Okay, that's fine. You live in your crazy little world. But it literally says men. Trans boys 
I guess maybe they're trying to say trans boys and men. I don't know. But if they're trying to say men may have periods, that's I'm sorry. I reject that. That's I, that's not true. I'm my my head. That's completely not true. Tur- ch- turns in knots when I try to figure out if they're talking about actual men or women every time they say trans so and so. Like if they say trans woman, does I that know. mean they're originally man? Yes. But now? Yes. Okay. I know usually when I'm, <laughs> I'm reading that and I'm just like, okay, just tell me if they were born with a penis or a vagina. Right. This, that's just going to clear it up for me way more. So what they mean is trans boys can have. Is that what they're saying? Yes. Tra- trans trans boys, boys and non binary people may have periods. Wow. So this is, you know, this reminds me of, I remember when I was going, like, I remember sex education was like really controversial back when I was in elementary school and we were going to take it in fifth grade. And I remember my father was like so against sex education classes. He was so against it. And I could not understand why. I was like, dad, you're so, you know, back in the fifties and uh, I was like, what's the big deal? I'm like old and stuff. And I'm a, ma- I'm a man. I can handle I can it. I have sex with my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm fifth grade. So what? <laughs> and then I, I was like, no, I, I could not understand it. And my dad was like, that's my job to teach you that. Yes. It's not the school system's yep. job to teach you that. It's not, not only is it the school, it's not any other adult's position to teach you that, but me and your mother. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally just did not understand that. I totally get that today. Like, I totally get, like, now it's like, this is what happens when the narrative shifts, when relativism shifts, you know, like whenever, when truth is relative to whoever's teaching it. There's just your truth. There's not truth. There's not objective truth. It's your truth and my truth and her truth and his truth and and Shim's truth, because I don't know what gender they are. So I'm just going to include all of that in the Shim. And it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. There's no like we we are supposed to go by science. Well, science deniers, you're a science denier if you don't believe that we are all going to die from climate change. You are a science denier. But then when you try to point out the science with the gender thing, they're like, "You hater. <laughs> yeah. How could you even suggest that this 3-year-old boy who was born with the penis is not actually a woman?" Like it's unbelievable i have a uh my son is in elementary school so this same thing elementary school and there are two elementary school kindergarten through fifth grade there are two boys who go to his school who wear dresses and dress in girls clothing wow yeah wow yeah elementary school in texas in texas of all places and, um, you know, it's 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 a really difficult one for for me as a parent to navigate because it, luckily he has not asked any questions yet. I don't think he notice he's very observant about a lot of different things, but I, I don't know if he just doesn't notice or if he just and you know doesn't the, care or whatever. I mean, he is a boy, so I was like, I don't know, whatever. You know, the parents brought they're the ones that brought this up. This, they they must have asked a question. Yes, it's like, oh, how do you feel? And the yes. kid is like, obviously going to be ridiculously confused, right? But if you asked the ki- a kid like the same the same kid that was just wearing the dress you're talking about, mm-hmm. if you said if his parents sat down and said, you know, I I I just really believe in Marvel superheroes, mm-hmm. um, but we have this big thing like you know j- j- you know it's not fair for the DC superheroes. Mm-hmm. So you be you. Yes. So then that same kid, it's going to click off in his head. 
I'm a, I, I'm Thor. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to start going to school every day dressed as Thor, carrying Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. This is, yes. Kids that age have they no clue. They don't know. They do not know. And uh, I think that the parents also, these like hippie new age parents, read into something like, uh, you know, my son has asked me, ooh, mommy, I like your shoes. Can I put them on? That doesn't mean that he wants to identify as a girl. That means that they're really sparkly shoes and kids are drawn to them and they want to try them on. I don't know a boy alive who has not either asked to, to put on their mom's shoes, their mom's heels, or, you know, like, oh, I want to, can I wear that makeup? No, honey, you can't. You're a boy and boys don't wear makeup. And I'm telling you this because it's my job as a parent, a responsible parent, to make sure that you understand that you're not a girl. Now, in our case, really quickly, Mm. it's funny because he got me on one whenever uh, he said that he wanted to wear makeup. And I was like, no, sweetheart, girls wear makeup. Boys don't wear makeup. And he's like, because he grows up in a TV studio. He's like, uh... The boys at at your studio wear makeup, and I'm like, "Well, crap, you got me there, but only because they're going on TV. So other than that, when you go on TV, you're allowed to put face powder on. Other than that, no. But I mean, it's just like these hippie new age parents are like, "Oh, he's curious about my shoes. Oh, he's he's curious about my dress. Like, yeah, that's called being a kid. Let him be curious and teach him what's right. I am actually, I'm absolutely shocked how uh, this thing, this gender bullcrap thing, has really like gotten into culture uh, all across the country. I went to uh, my father-in-law passed away not too long ago. We went to um, to the funeral out there, mm-hmm. and uh, they lived in California. They all live in California, and uh, just uh, there were, there was a husband or fiance of one of my relatives on my wife's fa- uh, side. And he was striking up this conversation at one of the, you know, one of the meals that we were at, you know, for the for the funeral about gender stereotyping. And everybody was getting in on the conversation like, oh, yeah, I get gender stereotyped over this. And oh, yeah, th- there's gender stereotype. I'm like, how is this a conversation? And, and, and I'm like sitting back and I'm like, and they're like, you know, looking at me like when I'm going to join in. And I'm like, I got no idea what the hell you're talking about with gender stereotyping. Like, what does that even mean? And I, I, I literally, every, they're all talking Gen- about this. Gen- this is not people that are interested in politics. Yeah, it's just gotten that that right. into like these are just like guys that like to go to concerts and right, you right. Know, smoke weed and stuff. You know, right. like they're not like people that really care about the president. Yeah, but this is like dominating their conversations. Like, how is this possible? Because somehow we've forgotten that there are differences in gender. Like there are scientific differences in gender that, that that's not just like a weird random stereotype that someone just assigned to a specific gender. Like there are actual differences in gender and that's OK. That's OK. Like I will never be as strong as you. Right. Like if I worked out all the time and you worked out all the time and I was lifting weights and pumping iron and stuff, there are certain parts of my body that I could never get as muscular as you could. Yeah. That's not like, so I could never be as strong as you. That's not a stereotype. That's just science. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, Saves84 really quickly tweeted us and said, this is really funny. You can't say menstruation anymore. It's non-binary gender fluid station now. <laughs> nice. That's a great point. Why do we have the word men in there? Straight up. That's that is good. that. You know what that is? That's the patriarchy. <laughs> that's the patriarchy right there. Um, there's a, a school in um, Washington who's going along with this too. With this, uh, this whole boys can have periods thing, Washington State University is now stocking men's bathrooms on one of its campuses with free menstrual products 
as part of a system-wide effort to be more inclusive of transgender individuals. Dude, can you... So you mentioned the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because I always like to, every chance I get, mention how oppressive the patriarchy is. Yes, continue. The best example for how oppressive the dang patriarchy is is the Miss Universe's first transgender contestant. I know. Now the patriarchy... (laughs) Is trying to crush women's hopes and dreams and aspirations of becoming a beauty pageant queen. That is like... How is that supposed to be allowed? Pa- that's patriarchal that's- domination at its finest. And they're celebrating it. Dude, she hot though. Uh, or he hot though. You... you can we can we get that? Jason saying he's See, hot. Look admitting. The, I know. Look at I that. Know. Okay, but... That's a lot of surgeries. That's not even... I don't even believe that, man. Like, what? It's not even fair to me. It's just like... like, I mean, I get it that beauty pageant contestants can all have plastic surgery, and that's fine. But it's like, this man went to an unbelievable level of plastic surgery to look like that. That's not even fair. (laughs) That's not... That is like... That's a lot of cash. I know. Like, you're not... How do you... What? Um, I know. I know. I have no idea. But I read that uh, that <laughs> she, shim, she, he, I, I always just want to say shim because I feel like someone's going to yell at me if I use the wrong pronoun, but um, that, that they, she failed, that she did not. Everyone was like, oh, she's going to win. Oh, she's going to win. And then I read that she did not win. Hey, Sarah, under, under, since you're the, uh, the uh, healthcare expert and, and official fully licensed. Yes. What was that again? Sarah Gonzalez, licensed health insurance broker. Go. Um, if I uh, wanted to become like Miss Universe here mm-hmm. uh, and under uh, Medicare for All, mm-hmm. w- would those costs be covered under Medicare for All to look as awesome as what's his name is here? Uh, well, obviously it would be covered because to not cover it would be to uh, just be very discriminatory. Yeah. Unfair. Um, not, yeah. Not only discriminatory, but honestly just downright cruel because Mm. now you're denying this person their true self right because they're telling you this is my true self and i have to be who i who i need to be you got to do it you got to do it now i will say though um that the military used to that's where i was going yeah the military used to cover this do they still I think I want to say that the Trump administration passed something or signed an executive order directing the military to stop paying for it. But if we're getting what the military is getting, that's covered. It's so it's so ridiculous. Because Brad, Bradley Manning. If you've bet. Yeah. If, if you've ever been in the military, um, you know that it's there are so many things that will knock you out of service because they won't pay for you know treatment. There's so many things like that. Like when you go in, you get like this big medical screening. If they will, they'll, they'll search for these things. If, if even one of them mm-hmm. are on there, then you are out of there. Yeah, There are people who are dying because they want to serve their country and they're not allowed to. Right now that they're that they're I mean, I don't I, did they have are they accepting it now? I know that I know that it seems like Mattis voted to didn't he like put the hammer down and said, OK, we're, we're, we're delaying this decision or something like that. It seemed like they were going to like, re, you know, yeah. come back at, at, yeah, at this think, later on. Yeah, I think that they did because Trump was pressing for it. And Mattis and them were like, well, let us do the studies. Let us determine, you know, what how this is going to affect people and all of that. And it's just like, I mean, the medical costs alone. Oh, my gosh. But well, right. Because can I just say if if we're getting everyone else to pay for surgeries like I identify as a woman with larger breasts. Can I have can I get a, a free boob job? I'm you know, I am. You know what? I am the most libertarian person around, but I will absolutely support government intervention for for measures like that. 
because I, I think that should spread like a wave all across the country. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I also identify as a woman with like a little bit larger uh, upper lip. Also, I've got a, like a little bit of just problem areas here around my legs. And I just it's just that I identify as a woman with just like just perfection. I know. You know, so that's exactly I identify with a guy that's got a lot less receding hairline. Okay. So I'm right there with you. So why are we not addressing this? Why are we not addressing this? I identify as a woman with larger breasts. Where is my free boob job? Take it to the finality. Every time. <laughs> that's where you go. <laughs> Welcome back, Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell in for Steve Dace. And I have to warn all of the listeners right now. Jason is obsessed with this, <laughs> with talking about, I should say, not with the new farm bill, but with talking about the new farm bill. He just we all should keeps be. going on about the farm <laughs> bill. Don't you want to help the farmers, Jason? Uh, see, now that is what they always say. It's like, oh, well, you hate farmers? Uh, we'll talk about that. Yes. Um, this is an absolute dumpster fire and we should all be outraged. This is now my personal jihad is bringing like (laughs) these types of things up because I never even thought about it. Like I never, ever considered talking about the farm bill and it it never dawned on me. And I was like this, this, uh, the bill went through the Senate first last week and it was an overwhelming success. I think uh, only 13 senators didn't vote for it. Mm-hmm. They were all GOP. Every single Democratic senator voted for it. And the vast majority of Republicans voted for it, including Ted Cruz, the senator that I thought was one of the most conservative senators out there. Um, he voted for it. So I was like, well, this must have been fine. So I looked at the people. I was like, well, who voted against this thing? So I looked through it and Rand Paul voted no. Mike Lee voted no. Mm-hmm. That set off warning bells. Then you're like, hold on a second. I need to dig into these details. Especially Mike Lee, because he's a good barometer. Like, if something's anti-conservative, then he is going, he's not going to vote for it. Yes, no matter what. So it's like, wait a minute, what is this? I've never looked into this. So I looked into the farm bill. So you might not have noticed this, but the farm bill first uh, became a thing during the FDR uh, administration, like during the New Deal. And I'm like, whoa, how is New Deal era legislation getting voted for? And especially by such a vast majority. Well, you might not have noticed this, but food stamps are actually in the farm bill. Mm-hmm. Like that makes no, that made no sense to me. I was like, what the heck? Food stamps? Like, why is this in the farm bill? But it's something that, uh, that uh, FDR uh, added in a long time ago in the original. And let's just kind of go through some of the things. Now, think about like if you're a conservative and especially if you're if you're uh, if your congressman just voted for this, it just went to the house as well. Again, overwhelming majority. Yeah. Do any of these things sound very conservative to you? Uh, negative. All right. So we'll start with number one. Again, the the, the wealth. The, so the food stamp thing basically is endless welfare, and you don't have to provide any kind of work requirement on this stuff. Wow, that is really super conservative. Makes n- absolutely no sense for someone like Ted Cruz and uh, someone that claims to be a conservative to vote for, but they voted for it. Now, you could be uh, someone that's down their luck. Hey, we've all been there. Um, you could be getting food stamps under this thing, but you don't. there's no requirement for you to have to actually get a job. Mm-hmm. So literally, it's 
and it doesn't get any more socialist than that. Right. You know, you, the government's going to provide you with food stamps indefinitely, and kind you never of, have to actually work for yourself. Kind of like, oh, I don't know, the opposite of a conservative values. Exactly the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that, that's just one. Okay. That's just the food stamps. Now we're going into, and this 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 is just insane. So, and this kind of goes into, oh, what you hate farmers. So they added into a, a floor to like crops. So let's say, um, you know, you're a, you're a farmer. And um, the tariffs are hurting you, right? Right. Right. So you're making less money, and then the price has like of, of your crops has, has dropped below a certain amount. So now you're just not making money, and you're hemorrhaging all this money. Well, they added in this thing to where if it drops below a certain amount, then subsidies kick in, and you get free government money, basically. Right. That right there doesn't sound very conservative. No. Because if you're setting up a, a, a floor right there, then you it's you're manipulating market price. Right. You, they're setting price controls. That's not free market. Anybody that's a conservative is screaming at, you know, screaming, saying, look, this is exactly anti what we stand for. (laughs) This is about as progressive liberal as it gets. There's no way I'm voting for this. Now, check this out. So the average farm, the average farmer makes about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Okay, so that's your average farmer. Now, if you think about it, like, yeah, you have to think about the cost of the, the exactamundo. Yeah. So the if tractors and all of the equipment. Now, for us, that's a lot of money. Right. We're like, oh, cool, because we don't have a whole lot of overhead. Right. You know, so that sounds like a lot of money right. to most people. Right. But yeah, but they have to pay for seeds. They have to pay for irrigation. Yeah. They have to pay for tractors, all this stuff. That's not a lot of money for them. Right. Now, the floor for when subsidies would kick in for them. What would you just take a guess? What would you think if the average guy, average farmer makes one hundred twenty thousand? What would you think the floor would be when they kick in and get money from the government? Uh, I, I mean, what I think it should be to help get money from the government. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like fifty thousand. Okay, the floor is nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Wait, I want to make sure I'm. I'm... <laughs> yeah. Wait, but. Yep. Think through that. Wait, but. But the the average (laughs) farmer makes 120. So, like all farmers, the average farmer. Am I understanding this correctly? I feel like I'm missing something here. Yes, we all are missing something here. (laughs) So, when they say, oh, you hate farmers, this doesn't go to the farmers that they're saying, oh, you would hate if you would oppose this bill. This bill is only for the rich. Like so, cor- mega corporation farmers. Okay. So even if you're a Democrat, I don't understand so why you voted of the, for this. So none of the average, none of the farmers are going to receive subsidies. It's just going to be the big farming companies who exactly. make over 900000 Exactly. Okay. Got it. So think about that. So obviously we've already established that if you're a conservative, you don't like this stuff because price controls, all that stuff. Right. But if you're a Democrat, you shouldn't have voted for this either. Because the man that you swear to protect, the little guy, is getting screwed over this. The only one that's getting helped out is the big corporation. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Democrat, listen to this right now, which I'd be surprised if you are. But if you are a Democrat. (laughs) uh, I mean, there was that the one hate hate mail that I got earlier. (laughs) That one. So if but if you but if you are, you should tell your Democrat friends, look, they're voting for these things that aren't even to your principles. Yeah, they're not even to they're not even to your standards, but they're all voting for it. Democrats, Republicans alike voted for something that hurts your average everyday farmer that's working his fingers to the bone hurts them. So do you think that it's just that they're not that that all of these GOP uh, Congress men and women to be inclusive? Do you think that it's that they just didn't read the details or do you think that they are so concerned with optics now that they're like, 
I know if I vote against this, I'm going to be painted as, you know, hating farmers and hating middle America and hating, you know, rural counties. And I don't want to look like that. Therefore, I'm going to vote for this. Which do you think that it is? It's a good question. I think it's exact. I think the vast majority of it is optics because the moment they don't vote for a farm bill, it'll instantly get branded as, oh, you hate poor people. You hate farmers. Which I mean, I feel like that's that has to be the reason that Ben Sass voted for this. So, I, get I mean, it. someone like Ben Sass, it's like you feel like surely he wouldn't be on board with this, but then he knows he's, you know, I'm in Nebraska. What am I going to do? The, well, I can't, I can't handle the optics of that. Right, and he, yeah, and he's got probably has a lot of people lobbying those bigger companies mm-hmm. that are getting hurt by tariffs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are lobbying to him and saying, "Look, you got it. Look, you're gonna, you have to throw us a bone here right. because you're looking at." And again, that's why a lot of these tariffs are such a bad tariffs manipulate the market as Isn't well. It so it's just funny how where we've gone in such a short amount of time with the tariffs being the catalyst. Yeah. Like we've had the tariffs and then we had the, you know, the sub, the subsidies for farmers with um, what was it? Soybeans, Mm -hmm. you know, because to offset the tariffs. And now we've got the farm bill that I assume is partially to offset the tariffs, which is just like, we're just, (laughs) it's like, well, this, Tax isn't working, so let's make it a triple tax. Right, it'll and, work then. And and how insulting so is that sense. to our farmers? Yes, our farming community that like the government did something that you had no control over and forced you into taking handouts. Yeah, they've never been the type to want to accept a handout for generations. Right, going back over a hundred years. Yeah, it's all been about like the strength of their own mm-hmm. two hands. Hardworking. Yes. They're hardworking people. Yes, amazing, amazing people. But. Now they're being forced into taking handouts. Yeah. That's so jacked. Yeah. We're, we're taxing. We're taxing here to fix, you know, the trade deficit. Um, but then we need to tax here to fix this tax. And then we need to tax over here to fix that second tax. It's unbelievable. And for as much as we get on the left uh, when it comes to things like socialism, where we say, you know, yeah, when you say, no, 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 this way of socialism will work, it's, it will work. It's just that we haven't done it the right way yet. We haven't gone full on. We look at them and we say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're like, no, when it doesn't work going halfway, it's not going to work going the full way or it's not going to work if you tweak something. Socialism doesn't work. For as much as we get on the left about that, it blows my mind to see the right doing the same thing when it comes to protectionism and when it comes to things like this with the farm bill where it's like, no. Tariffs didn't work and they're not going to work. And you can't show me a place where it's worked. (laughs) No, these subsidies that were like, no, none of this worked. So why are we saying, no, 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 let's just take it one step farther and then it will be perfect. Don't worry. Yeah. I want to, before I go through the rest of this, I I want to like throw out, Glenn is like also very fired up about this and he's going to be talking uh, five Eastern or yeah, five Eastern tonight. He's doing a full show on this farm bill and really going through the ins and outs and showing it how ridiculous it is. I'm telling you guys, you need to get fired up about this. Would I possibly know someone who may or may not be in this room that may have helped him um, research um, this this show? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Okay. Um, there's probably one person in the country right now that's pissed off about this. <laughs> And he may be in this room right now, which is very odd. It makes well, no sense. Well, hold on. To me. I think that now there are multiple people who are mad about it because you're sharing this with them. So continue. We, we we cannot accept, you know, a lot of the things that are going through Congress right now in our government as oh, it's it's always been done. So let's just continue to support it, you know, regardless. We've right. got to look into these things. Like I said, 
I'm just about as libertarian as it gets. Like I, 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 I'm moving more towards like hardcore libertarian and and just a you know a middle of the road conservative. Are you like Andrew? More. Are you like Andrew Heaton libertarian? No, okay. no, because he's got some Second Amendment issues and some things that like we don't like see eye yeah. to eye on. Andrew yeah. Heaton's a very very great uh, libertarian. He's so smart and so smart, and he's got some very very. Um, great things to say and an awesome perspective that you have to listen to. Yes, but he's he is like when I say Andrew Heaton libertarian, he is like super libertarian. Yeah, um, yeah. There's that. Yeah, there, there's like there's issues. Not just well, I say Andrew Heaton's got issues. It's not an Andrew Heaton issue. It's like a libertarian uh, issue. Would you say you are a libertarian leaning conservative? Would yes. that be Would that be accurate? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's weird because when you think libertarian, you think prostitutes and drugs and open borders. I actually don't. I think open borders. I actually don't think prostitutes when I think libertarian. But it's nice maybe, to know where your mind maybe that's goes, a guy Jason. thing. I don't know, but <laughs> but 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 that is like the that I think that's generally been the hit on a lot of libertarian candidates when they like when they run for like hard you know high up office. Yeah, um, which sucks because if that's re- first where your mind goes, I mean, first and foremost, it should go to they're all they're all about you know the power of the individual you know, over the government. That, that's like the base foundational, you know, principle there. That's where your mind should go. But anyway. Um, uh, oh, and, and also uh, another tease. So that's tonight, the farm bill. And also another tease for uh, tomorrow, because you talk, we're talking about tariffs and how they never work. Yes. Um, we're going, Glenn also. Wants- it, oh, wait, except for that one time that they were. Oh, no, oh, wait, no, sorry. No, never yeah, mind, no, they didn't. All, close. Yeah. But then, <laughs> um, there, he's also going to go into like tariffs and the trade deficit with China. And how a lot of that is a smokescreen for something bigger. Not going to want to miss that. So yeah. you got to see that. Anyway, I'll stop teasing these shows. Um, all right. So really quick, just going through these. Um, crop insurance, uh, the, the subsidies also pay out for people that aren't even farmers. Um, that's in this bill. Basically, if you are a, a cousin. <laughs> I just have to laugh. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. You can, you can, okay, the first bill allows cousins, nephews, and nieces <laughs> to where if you were like, let's say like your farm I is. I might know. I might like be related to a farmer and I don't know it. So if you think that from this, give them a call and say, Hey, I just heard that if you like the farmer's almanac says that you should start planting, you know, in the spring. It's so funny. Then that counts towards you giving advice to your family member and you can receive up to 125,000 in annual farm. Wait, does the advice have to be right? No, just just provide advice. So I don't even have to educate myself no. before I give the advice. I could just say something really stupid with no evidence, and I then could cash in on the subsidy. Here's your hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar check. I just became a Democrat. I'm good. With it. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> um, can we get that as a drop, please? Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I'll speed through this because I know everyone's like getting irritated at my jihad on this, but, um, I mean, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, (laughs) I could see it. I could see the expression lines. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's been fun having Jason on. Unfortunately, the rest of the week will just be Sarah Gonzalez filling in for Steve Days. Jason's been blacklisted. I apologize. That's not what I meant. Shut up, Um, Jason. I'm shutting up. Uh, okay. So. Uh, paying landowners to buy mon- and uh, monopolize and not even to farm. So there's this thing right now that um, like a lot of like companies, they, they, uh, the government uh, encourages like these big companies or wealthy landowners to buy up land and just not use it for farming. So those wow. either either not use it to farming or to farm certain things and not and not plant other crops. 
So then, what that company then that company will do? Well, they'll contract out and say, "Okay, you're a you're a uh, uh, you're a farmer making mm-hmm. one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the the opportunity to farm on the land that I that I own. So that far, farmer will then start farming, start working the right. land, doing the crops that he's only allowed to do as per his uh, landowner. But the landowner will get the subsidy. The landowner wow. will get the cash for for mandating this. The farmer will not. Wow, pretty insane. Mm. Um, there is a ton of stuff in this. I highly recommend you going through this. Um, uh, one of our family members, uh, Daniel Horowitz with Conservative Review, did an awesome story on this. It's called The Sorry Socialist State of the Farm Bill. Please, please, please read through that. If you Google Daniel Horowitz, The Sorry Socialist State of the Farm Bill, he goes through all of this. Um, and proceed to be pissed off, who, as I am pissed off. Who was the, uh, who headed this bill? Uh, I don't know. Do you know? It's, it's just I want to know where it came from. It's like all, I want. I want to know. It, was there a, a big corporation behind this? You know what I mean. I mean, I'm sure that, so, because it's very clearly not. It's very clearly not geared toward the average farmer. So it makes me think. Okay, what what big corporation is writing this, and who sponsored it? I'm sure that they definitely lobby the heck out of these things every time it comes up. I think it's a bill that just automatically gets redone every five years. So ever yeah. since the New Deal, every five years, they do a new farm bill. But but who, I mean, there's got to be someone behind, like, I can't imagine who in Congress would want to spearhead that. I mean, surely they're they're saying, okay, yeah, I'll put my name behind it, but you guys write it for me. Tell me whatever it is you want, yeah. and I'll, I'll suggest that these are the ones, these are the changes that are made. Yeah. I, It'd I, be interesting to see who... Um, I thought you were the researcher here. <laughs> well, you're asking me some very good questions here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would be interested to see where, if if we can find out where where I, these changes came from. All I know for sure is that it comes up every five years, and and it, it always ends up getting voted for. Uh, usually, over ninety percent of the people, uh, it gets by a vast majority, over ninety percent of the Congress will vote yes for this. This this bill will cost around nine hundred billion once it's done with. Nine hundred billion. The vast majority of that nine hundred billion will go towards food stamps. That's like vast majority. Yeah, but I thought you were saying that it was expensive. Like that's like pennies. Yeah, nine, I mean nine hundred billion. Like it could be worse. It could be like nine hundred kajillion. Shoot. Have you thought about that? It could be. We'll just print that though. <laughs> Case closed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Problem solved. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay, so Sabes also he has a question for you about this Farmville. Yeah. Or this farm bill, he said, what will this new farm bill give me for my Facebook Farmville farm? That's a good question. And that's probably the question that we should be asking. And why was that not added into the bill? (laughs) Wait, can I just can I just go back to if we're talking about adding things in? Can I just go back to the boob job thing? (laughs) By all means. Can we add that into the bill, too? And every bill going forward. I just want to insert that in wherever I can. (laughs) Food stamps are in the farm bill. They added in a Yemen thing into the farm bill. Just snuck it in. What? It's an yeah. They they added in like a cl- like this little thing saying that um it was something about Yemen how they how they said that uh that like con- somebody snuck that in there so that I think that they couldn't vote on Yemen uh, the Yemen war or something like that they just snuck it in. It was hilarious. That is so shady. Oh, so shady. And <gasps> because this is over eight hundred pages long, they knew that everyone yeah wasn't they're reading not going to all read it. They yeah. always try these things, but. Every other bill going forward, we could add in the boob job clause, the Sarah Gonzalez boob job clause. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, look, we're, we are facing a lot of problems here in today's society. All right. I get it. I am with you guys, America. But if we could just narrow down the one 
issue plaguing the nation right now, it's that there isn't a Sarah Gonzalez boob job clause. <laughs> Love it. And if we could just really work together, come together to figure out how we can address this problem. America. America is saved. If we cannot unite behind the Sarah Gonzalez boob job clause. We're we done. Get, we're done. We're done. Pack we are doomed as a society. We're screwed. <laughs> Every bill going forward from Boom. now on. Call your congressman. <laughs> we will uh, We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. And uh, we hope you'll tune in. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. 